Welcome to the Porch here on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics. We examine the Word of God, especially the example of the Book of Acts Church, to see how they serve the Lord. We delve deeper into Scripture. We follow the red-letter basics of the Bible. We do what the Lord said. And in doing so, we find the church the Lord intended, not the one that man created. The goal of the porch has always been about restoring the priesthood of the believer and regaining the world-shaking influence that the early church had. We believe the day of Pentecost is ongoing, the fire still falls, and that means the church age is still in effect. We have a job to do. If you have any questions, go to firefalltalkradio.com, use the contact button, or you can write us at the porch at firefalltalkradio.com. Praise reports, prayer requests, needs, anything that we can do for you, reach out. Maybe you just want to interact. Let us know. Let us know where you're listening to us, the various streaming sites and um, places to hear us. Let us know. We want you to be a part of our community. If you'd like to support what we do on the main page for firefalltalkradio.com, there are ways to do that. We will not bother you, badger you, just let the Lord lead however you'd like to support us. Welcome to all our, all of our listeners. That's easy for me to say, and we're glad that you're here. We are grateful, and we always start out with praise reports and prayer requests. Why am I not seeing? There we go. Couldn't see the... Uh, recording if it was going on or not, but it is. We've had some problems of late, and I don't want to keep having those, and I'm way behind on the video, so bear with me on that. Praise reports, prayer requests. Praise the Lord to my home, my wife, my family, sons, daughter-in-laws, our grandson, all of our furry kids, everything that we have, all of this technology, the ability to sit here and do this with you. I praise him for the dreams and the visions and Everything he's been showing us and sharing with us during a time of prayer today, the Lord um, said some really powerful things that unfortunately don't fit into this Bible study, so I'm not going to share them maybe at a later date, but it was it was a great time of prayer. The dreams and the visions, I know some of you have been telling me you've been experiencing them. Experiencing them. I know I have. Living out Joel 2.28. Praise Him for His healing virtues that are still available to each and every one of us. That we are a new creation. We are saved, born again, names written in the Lamb's book of life. And we're living in prophetic times. The prophetic clock is ticking. So praise Him. Praise Him for the signs that we're getting from Him and from the Word and from the world. And I believe He's getting ready to return. I wish I knew when, but I'm going to act accordingly Believing it could be at any time. I'm not going to be caught off guard or asleep or not doing what he told us to do. So let's get ready. To do that, we need to pray. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Psalm 122, verse 6. Every day I pray that prayer, and then I share it here with you on the porch. I pray for Israel and its leadership. I pray for America. Um... Hold on here a second. Heard a little click in my ear. I want to make sure that we are still recording. 
Well, apparently we are. I don't know what that click was. I don't like the sound of it. So if we get knocked off the air or something goes on, there could be lightning in the area. I will post the recording up if we get knocked off. Praying for America and everything going on in this world right now. It all ties together. The signs are there. Do not miss the signs. For the fatherless, the widows, the persecuted and the martyred, the poor in spirit, the innocent, and those who are oppressed and the victims of injustice. Each and every day, I intercede for them. I stand with them. I pray for them. I pray against the slaughter of the innocents and those that are being afflicted by Hasatan and the fallen. Whether human or animal, in or out of the womb, the darkness and the death and the despair has grown. But when it gets darker, we need to shine brighter. Praying for missing and exploited children, the victims of human sex trafficking. I can't believe in 2021. It's still going on, but you know what? I believe it's going to go on until the Lord comes back and ends it all. So stand with me in prayer for them and interceding for them and for those that are out there looking for them, for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith, their churches being burned down, their homes being burned down. We don't see that yet here in America. Up in Canada, pastors are being arrested, churches are being burned down. No one seems to care. The religious persecution, the anti-Semitism, these are the things that tell me that the spirit of the Antichrist is out and about and ready. But we're pushing back. We're doing our job. Praying for divine wholeness, health, and continued healing as each and every one of us get back to our divine design. We need to be healed. We need to be whole. We need to be complete in Yeshua's name. So if you're hurting, you need a healing, you're sick, hurt my body, soul, or spirit. As if I was standing there with you, I lay my hands on you and say, be made whole, be healed in Yeshua's name. Praying for divine protection, that Psalm 91 covering over each and every one of us, that we can go about and do what we've been called to do, hidden under the shadow of his wings. Protection, divine inspiration for the Holy Spirit to work with us, walk with us, speak to us, guide us, remind us of what the Lord said and encourage us. I'm praying for the remnant. That's who you are. I'm praying for you. Praying for you to rise up, be empowered, be filled, be fired up with the Spirit to do what we've been called to do. We're going to be talking about that tonight. For those that have been blessed to be a blessing, I want you to agree with me in prayer. I won't tell you exactly um, everything we pray, but Larry, um, fellow member of SRT, my brother in the Lord and prayer partner, we pray every day. And we've been asking the Lord for a specific amount of money to bless us to do kingdom business and to fulfill the calling of the porch of Firefall and SRT. So just stand in agreement with us for the conduits of that blessing to flow and to reach us. Praying for our lost family members, each and every one of them that do not know the Lord, call out their name right now as I call them into the kingdom. In Yeshua's name, come home. If you've wandered away, come back. If you don't know who he is, know him as Lord and Savior. Make him Lord and Savior of your life. Continued prayer for 
the kingdom of God and for us to be about kingdom business. Nick in Dallas gave us an update. His sister's doing better, and she's home resting. Uh, Don and Mark in South Carolina shared that they continue to need prayer. Uh, they are in dire situations. Kim in Fort Mitchell uh, she always starts out with a greeting. Hope all is well. I'm doing better, thank God. She's had a stomach virus. No fun at all. There is one going around. Says, I praise him for my salvation and my recovery. Thank you, Lord, for my children, my family, my dog, Bruno, she says. She's grateful for everything that he restored to her in her life, for everything he provides for her and her family. She's praying for healing for her daughters. She has a skin infection, and the things that they've been using has created white patches all over her face, and the, um, the fungus treatment is... Um, Let's just put it this way. She's starting middle school and won't be able to see a dermatologist until October. And you know how kids can be. So, Father, we just pray your hedge of protection around her, that you would heal her, that you would comfort her, Lord, and that you would walk with her. Uh, she's struggling with the fact that her son Maurice is getting ready to leave the house in two weeks, so continue to pray that that blessing comes through that they need by October. Asking for prayer for her family as well as the Porch family. She's praying for Dawn and Mark. Provide for our families, Lord, she says. Healing, protection, strength, and coverage over all, courage over all of us in Jesus' name. Lord, first of all, we love you. We cannot come to you without telling you how much we love you. So right now, we just praise you. And we thank you. We thank you for healing us. We thank you for delivering us. We thank you, Father, for sending Yeshua to die for us. We boldly approach the throne of grace and mercy, saying, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy. Protect us, clear our minds, prepare us, answer our prayers, even beyond what we've asked. Praying for this technology and everything, praying for this word tonight, healing in our bodies, help us, Holy Spirit. Teach us, speak to us, encourage each and every person where they're at, where they're at. Praying you to fill them, fill them with the gifts, fill them with the fruit, prepare them and use them. And Lord, we thank you, and we praise you, and we pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So we've been called. You hear that ring? You're being called. We've been called to stand against the devil's schemes, the schemes of the kingdom of darkness. That's what we've been talking about. Well, to get people saved, healed, and delivered, to do what he's asked us to do, we need to push back because there's going to be a resistance. This spiritual battle that we're in, though it feels like it's taking place here, we're dealing with the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. That's what we've been talking about for 
10 or 11 weeks. Tonight we're going to finish the part of prayer and supplication because once you've taken your stand, once you've reacted to the threat, once that shield of faith is in place ready for the retaliation, whether it's in mind, body, or spirit, therefore pray. Prayer is the most important part of your armor and of spiritual warfare. David understood that. Psalm 5, starting with verse 1. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For to you I will pray. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you and I will look up. My voice you will hear in the morning, Lord. And throughout the day, and at night before I go to sleep, maybe even in my sleep. Mark that down, Psalm 5, verses 1 through 3. Some of you need to start reading that every day. We need to take that position that I mentioned before. Hebrews 4, 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Are you in a time of need? Be honest, are you? Then you need to boldly come to the throne of grace and mercy. That's where you say, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy. Don't linger back, don't hold back. If there's anything, if you're under conviction, then repent and get rid of whatever's causing it. So we're talking about prayer and supplication. The Lexham Bible Dictionary says prayer is communication with God primarily offered in the second-person voice, addressing God directly. It may include petition, entreaty, supplication, thanksgiving, praise, hymns, and lament, and I will add all of the above. The earliest Hebrew prayers, it goes on to say, are simple, spontaneous petitions, requests, and praises stemming from a conversational intimacy with Yahweh, and includes spontaneous and unfiltered requests. Over time, prayer evolved into a more fixed liturgical forms. With the advent of the temple and the priesthood, prayer began to take on more formal liturgical and standardized forms. We're going to be talking about that. The teachings about and examples of prayer in the New Testament, it goes on to say, stem from these Jewish roots. Yet they contain innovations introduced by Yeshua in the early church. The most notable developments in prayer in the name of Yeshua and the introduction of the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6 and Luke 11. We spent a lot of time on that. If you were not with us there, back up to the Lord's Prayer's teaching. Now, this was not just specific to God's children. The kingdom of darkness, their children, do the same thing. Prayers and petitions were made to the pagan gods as well. The difference was their prayers were much less optimistic and were more centered around the fact that they believed that the gods were indifferent to those praying to them. And they were right. When you pray to your Heavenly Father, when you pray to the Lord, it's personal it's intimate, and he cares about you, and he want to hears, he wants to hear from you. He's not bothered by it. He's not annoyed by it. 
Psalm 3, verse 4, I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. He hears you. He may not always answer the way you want at the time you want, but he hears you, and he will do what's best for you because he loves you. Holman Bible Dictionary says prayer is a dialogue between God and people, especially his covenant partners. I saw that and I thought, I'm a covenant partner. Are you a covenant partner? The New Testament's a covenant. I've accepted Yeshua as my Lord and Savior, so I'm a covenant partner. More than that, I'm his son. He wants to hear me. He wants to hear what I have to say. Now, supplication is also prayer, but it's a prayer that benefits either you yourself as a petition or for others as intercession. Like when Kim was offering prayer for Mark and Don, she was interceding. Now, this is in my notes, but it came to me before I came on the air with you. I know many of you want to get involved. You want to be a part of the kingdom warfare. But whether through location or mind or body or spirit, you're not up to doing what I do with SRT. And I'm not asking you to. Believe me, I'm not. But you can pray. And you can become what's called a prayer warrior. I hate to make it sound so cheesy, but you can war in prayer. So here's what I'm going to suggest. Get yourself a journal. If you have a smartphone, you have notes, you have ways to keep notes. When I mention a prayer, I mention a person, write it down. That way every day when you go to your prayer time, whether it's at home, maybe it's in your car, wherever it is you pray, you can go over your list and make sure you intercede. Maybe you need to find the scriptures that pertain to whatever it is you're praying for. The Lord wants to hear you, and he wants to hear his word come out of you. I've been doing this for almost 33 years now, and every day when I petition him, I speak his word back to him. Not because I'm trying to coax him or manipulate him to do anything, but I'm basing my request upon his word. Supplication is comes from your heart. It's a prayer that springs out of a sense of need and a belief that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, and he is greater than your need, Hebrews 11.6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. You can put in parentheses, is what? Is God. And that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do you believe he is God? Do you believe that he can reward you? Are you diligently seeking him? You see, a petition is a direct, short, sharp cry of a heart in distress. There have been moments over these last 33 years with him where it's come in between sobbing and crying and sometimes screaming from the heart. Psalm 30, verse 2. O Lord my God, I cried out to you, and you healed me. 
That's why we are focusing on Ephesians 6.18, the second week that we're covering this, and then we're done with Ephesians 6. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That's what this is about. This isn't just about you. This isn't about me. This is for all the saints. This is for the kingdom. Praying always tells you what? Frequency. One of the things the Lord spoke to us today, and it wasn't something we didn't know, but he put it in a different context. Just as you're praying always, people in the kingdom of darkness are doing the same, and I will say from what I see, with much more diligence. They're passionate. They're obsessed with it. If they set about to target someone or something, here's what they do. They will establish an altar, maybe a candle, maybe a picture of the person, maybe some sort of fetish, a doll, or something they've created of that person. And they will fixate on it. They will direct all of their energy, heart, mind, their darkened soul, and darkened spirit upon it. And if it's important to them, and there's a group of them, somebody will always be kneeling at that altar praying. I know I've shared it with you before, but I'll remind you again. There was a period when I first got to Tallahassee and we were doing a uh, Easter Resurrection Sunday production. And it was going to cause damage to the kingdom of darkness. And I got sick. I used to have earaches as a child. I hadn't had earaches in many years, decades. All of a sudden I had one. But I had one that jumped from my right ear to my left ear, back to my other ear, and then both ears, which the doctors, when I told them that, said, it's physically impossible. And I said, well, it's what I'm experiencing. I was in pain, laying on the floor kind of pain. My ears were completely filled with fluid, so I was almost completely deaf. On the Palm Sunday before uh, the production, I couldn't go to church because I was laying on the floor in my bathroom crying. And as I laid there, I saw in a vision a house in an area, and I knew where the house was. I saw a darkened room. I saw a black candle. I saw an altar. And the Lord said to me, there's somebody in front of that candle praying against you 24-7. I'd like to tell you that broke it. No, the attack didn't break until a week later as I was stepping out onto stage to play the character I was praying, and then it broke. Because I moved in faith, I trusted the Lord, I believed him. But I'm telling you this so that you understand this is not a game. It's not a game to the kingdom of darkness, and it shouldn't be a game to us. So we should pray always, Romans 12, 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Now, if you're not seeing an answer to your prayer, or it feels like your prayer is hitting the ceiling and going nowhere, then you need to back up. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to show you, is there anything in my life that is causing this prayer not to make it? 
Is there anything going on that's keeping it from being manifested? Is it me? Is it the enemy? Is it timing? Be specific. He wants you to speak to him. Praying in the Spirit, that means you are focused on the Holy Spirit. You have submitted. This is not about you. Well, it, it is about you. You're praying for something for you. But it's really not about you. It's about the Holy Spirit with you. It's about the Lord. It's about the Father. You are submitted to him in the Spirit. And you must line up with the will of God. Romans 8, verses 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit's not going to come into agreement with you if what you're praying doesn't line up with the will of God. The will of God is found in the Word of God. If what you're praying for doesn't line up with the Word of God, he's not going to do it. Now people will say to me, well, God wants to give me the desires of my heart. And I say, yes, as long as it's your best, it's his best for you, and it lines up with his will. Let's face it, David looked down on Bathsheba, and it was the desire of his heart. Or maybe another part of his anatomy. But the fact is, God didn't give him Bathsheba. He took it. Abraham, the desire of his heart was for his son. He got tired of waiting for Isaac. He took it upon himself to have a child by Sarah's handmaiden, Hagar. And they had Ishmael. And we're still paying for that today. Just because it's the desire of your heart doesn't mean he's going to do it. So, the Spirit will come to your aid. He will bear you up in your weakness, because the truth is you really don't know how to pray or what to pray, but the Spirit will pray through you with supplications and groanings and words that cannot be uttered, because He searches the heart and the mind. He knows the will of the Father. And what He prays through you and for you will be in harmony with God's will. Bottom line, the prayer must line up with God's will. Ephesians 5.17, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Colossians 1.9, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Are you having trouble with that? Well, here we go. Psalm 143, verse 10. This needs to be your prayer. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. What I'm about to say to you, I believe the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. Many of you are praying. You're praying a lot. You're praying hard. But you're not praying according to his will. You're praying for things that the Heavenly Father's never 
going to give you because they're not his best for you. In fact, they're the enemy's best for you. Seek him, seek his face, seek his will, and then pray. The central aspect of the will of God is that his people, his children, be faithful and obedient. Psalm 40, verse 8, I delight to do your will, O my God, for your law is within my heart. How can that be? The Holy Spirit's in you. The Word is in you. For weeks, we studied the Lord's Prayer. Matthew six ten. Your kingdom come, what? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What Satan wanted and what Satan did was against the will of God, and therefore he and the third of the angels were kicked out of heaven. You want his will here on earth in your life just as it is in heaven. His will is for you to be whole. His will is for you to be healthy. His will is for you to be blessed and happy. Seek his will. Excuse me. Swallow those words. They're going to come out later, maybe in my sleep. Seek his will. Being watchful tells you to focus. It's the manner in which you pray. Remember when the Lord went into the Garden of Gethsemane before the crucifixion, before he was getting arrested. He told them to stay awake, watch and pray, that you may not come into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Matthew twenty six forty one. The Amplified of Mark 13.33 Be on your guard, constantly alert, watch and pray. You don't know when the time will come. One of the things he said to us today about watch and pray. If you're watching, if you're paying attention to what's going on, you'll be praying. You won't be caught off guard. The enemy won't be able to pull a quick one on you. People that don't watch get caught off guard. The enemy. See, remember, the enemy's trying to interfere with your prayers. Now, you can take to the position of some of the ear ticklers. You prayed for it. It's going to happen no matter what. I'm sorry, that doesn't line up with the word. That doesn't line up with the parables. That doesn't line up with what Paul is saying here. There's a whole nother parallel kingdom warring against you and what you seek because it's going to benefit the kingdom. What I pray for, for me, for Larry, for SRT, for the porch, for Firefall, is going to do tremendous damage to the kingdom of darkness. Therefore, I must expect that they're doing everything that they can to undermine it, to interfere with it. That's warfare. Keep praying. Watch and pray. As long as you're watching, you're tuned into the Spirit, therefore you're going to pray. It's when you get distracted, it's when you're looking at something else that things go wrong. Be alert. All perseverance tells you you must be persistent. Again, that doesn't say to me, pray your prayers, sit down, do nothing, sit on the hill with your mouth open, hoping the roasted duck falls into it. No. Be persistent. War with it. 
and you're focusing on all the saints. This isn't just about you. This isn't just about your family. This isn't just about your circle around you. It's about all your brothers and sisters. I don't know them by name, but I can pray for them just as somebody or or people were praying for me to get me saved, healed, and delivered. The New King James Version Abide Commentary says, well, I can tell you what, all of a sudden I am excited in the spirit. Take a deep breath, Richard. The New King James Abide Bible Commentary says, It's easy to think that our weaknesses make us weak. Yet God can use weaknesses for very powerful outcomes. For one, God uses our weaknesses to help us experience his grace more fully. Paul had this experience during a struggle with an unnamed affliction, which I shared with you many people believe was something about his eyes. Paul said it kept him from being arrogant and allowed him to see that God's grace was sufficient for all his needs. Second, God's power is clearly seen in the world when he works through our human weaknesses. When people see God's strength rather than human strength, they put their faith in God and not in us. You know, I was thinking about that today. I was thinking about Paul and everything he went through. First of all, he was barely five feet tall. He was bald. He had some kind of eye affliction, which apparently they made fun of him. He brings it up. I wonder how many churches today would let him in to preach or teach. I wonder how many churches today would let James in to teach and hear them hear him call them adulterers and adulteresses because they were more in love with the world than they were with God. I don't think many. Because I don't think Jesus and the disciples would be working on a brand. They'd be working on one thing and one thing only, the Great Commission. They would be promoting the Lord. They wouldn't be promoting themselves. You wouldn't be talking about preachers and teachers and acting like they were something special. You'd only be talking about the Lord. I've been branded by the blood. I've been marked by the blood. I don't need a brand. I don't need a name. I know the name above all names. I don't care if people know my name. I want them to know the name of Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. That's who saves them. The Abide Bible Commentary goes on to say, If you feel too broken to make a difference, remember that God can use you right now. Ask Him to help you step forward in faith despite your weaknesses. Pray that through your weaknesses you would experience the full sufficiency of God's grace. That would be El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. Ask God to reveal himself to a needy world through your difficulties. I know a girl, a filmmaker, she's in a wheelchair, paralyzed from the chest down, motorized wheelchair. One day we were talking about our faith. We're talking about healing and stuff like that. And somehow got around got around to it, and she mentioned that spirit-full people like to come up to her and say they're going to pray hand, lay hands on her and pray for God to heal her and get her out of the wheelchair. And she says, no, I'm good. And, and they look at her funny. She says, first of all, if he wants to heal me, he can heal me anytime he wants to. And then she drops the bombshell on them. She asked them, what shows greater faith? 
that I love him and trust him and he can use me like I am right now or that he would heal me and I'd be normal and just like everybody else. See, his will for us may not line up with what the world says. But your father desires to bless you. He is sovereign. And he will respond to your prayer, your dialogue, your intimate conversation with him based upon his word. But there's a way that he tells us to do it. Matthew 6, verses 6 and 7. But when you pray, go into your room. And when you've shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Let me say that again. When you pray... Don't heap up phrases, multiply words, repeating, repeating the same ones over and over again. The Gentiles do that. They think they'll be heard for their, the amount of words that they use. Don't be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. He wants a conversation. I like this quote from A.W. Tozer. Even the most devout seem to think that they must storm heaven with loud outcries and mighty bellowings or their prayers are of no avail. Let me clue you in on something. God is not coaxed or manipulated by endless repetition. The Lord's Prayer is a model. It's an example of simplicity in contrast to the pagan worldliness or the mystical implications, incantations, or rituals. I know you've been around those people. They repeat certain phrases over and over. Every third, fourth word, every end of sentence. Rather than just talking. Matthew twenty three fourteen, the Lord says what he thinks about this to the scribes and the Pharisees. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore you will receive greater condemnation. What are the motives of your praying? Once you have the motives right, then the method comes. You're praying from the heart. Your petition, your supplication through the way you speak to your Heavenly Father. Why you pray will determine how you pray. If you love Him, the prayer you pray comes from a position of love and adoration. If you trust Him, it comes from that position. When I speak to Him, I speak to Him as my Father, as my Lord, as my Savior, as my friend, as the Commander, the Captain of the Host whom I serve. But what he's talking about is ritualistic, empty repeating of words. And the example I know from personal example that I use are rosary beads in the Roman Catholic Church. And they're not the only one to use prayer beads. In the Roman Catholic tradition, the term rosary refers to the string of beads and the prayer said using the string of beads. I had them. 
Now remember, we were taught the rosary, meaning you had to recite specific prayers corresponding with the beads on the string. And the origin of rosary beads as a prayer is up for debate. It's less clear. But the fact is it traces back to the pagans, traces back to Mesopotamia, traces back to Babylon. But the original use of knotted prayer ropes in the church goes back to the 3rd and early 4th centuries, which means before the 3rd century, it was not done. Where did it come? Obviously, it came out of Rome, the Mediterranean. Bottom line, this and any other ritual is a man-made tradition with no biblical source or reference. It steals the intimacy of the event. It makes it a ritual. Stop doing it if you are. If the Spirit is in it, and if the Spirit is in you, you don't need man-made traditions to get it right. He does it through you. John sixteen thirteen. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will do what? He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Remember, we read this before. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I believe, as do others, and as I was taught by Pastor Shelley, that's what a prayer language is. You're speaking in words, groanings, and utterances that the Spirit is speaking through you. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Whatever you're going through right now, it may be rough, it may be bad, you may see no hope. You may need to back up and say, Lord, what are you teaching me? What are you showing me? Why am I going through this? Because I know in accordance with your word that all things work together for good for those who love you and are called according to your purposes. Our weakness, if anything, in prayer is our lack of understanding. Effective prayers come from the Holy Spirit in us. Maybe that's what you need to pray. Maybe you're having a problem here. Maybe you're having a problem letting go and letting him pray for you, through you. So right now, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, I call down all walls, all obstacles, all strongholds, keeping you from being filled with the Spirit and that keep you from being used by the Spirit. Let him speak through you. I break down every preconceived notion, every fear, and I say be filled right now with the Spirit of the living God, with the manifestation of the fruit and the gifts in Jesus' name. If we're in cooperation with God's will, then no matter what we're going through, we'll work together for good. I can't tell you how many times I hated that. 
phrase being spoken back to me because what I was going through at that moment, I couldn't see any good in it. It would take getting on the other side of it before I saw what was good. But I do know that the Holy Spirit magnifies and glorifies no one else but the Lord. And he edifies us. He builds us up in the process. So perseverance and patience are essential. He will respond. The Father will respond if we pursue intimate dialogue with him. And this kind of prayer, what I'm talking to you about, what I am, for some of you, is like pulling teeth. I'm pulling you into. For others, you already know this, so maybe it's a fine-tuning. Maybe it's just the stirring up. Right now in the world, in the church, for one another, we need some people to step up and become prayer warriors. You know, when SRT first started in July of 2007, and our first mission was in Woodbury, Connecticut, didn't know what we were going to encounter, really had not done what we were about to do before. I mean, I'd been doing it for years by myself, but this is the first time we were doing it as a team, me, uh, Larry, and Joe. So we asked people to pray. And we had some people that were pretty well known, and they got people praying. And that's where we came up the term with our aerial support. We had people praying all over the world. And we could feel it. We spent a lot of time in prayer. We spent a lot of time in praise because the Lord sent a rainstorm to lock us up in our hotel room for an entire day and night. And when we got on site, not knowing who or what we were about to encounter, there was a point, and it's on the video, where you could hear jet engines going over the top as if jets were flying, but there were no jets flying. There was no airport nearby. There was no machinery. I believe we were picking up the arrival, the interaction of his angels, and a manifestation of the prayer support, which we needed because there was a whole lot of retaliation afterwards. So this is needed. We need you. I need you to start hitting these things I'm talking about for the breakthrough, for the kingdom. Praying always, always with all prayer and supplication in the Holy Spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me, just like Paul, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly in every place that he sends me into every part of the world, onto every movie set, into every business meeting, into every bank, into every home, into every city, in every country, wherever he sends me, that I may make known the mystery of the gospel, that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now, while you're doing this, as a reminder, the helmet of salvation is in place to guard your mind because the warfare will be in your mind to distract you, to wear you down, and if left unchecked, it will destroy you. Get that helmet on. 
I'm not kidding when I say to you that some of you that are new at this may need to get out Ephesians 6, read out the armor of God, and begin to see and claim each element of the armor as you put it on. This isn't a ritual. This isn't hocus pocus. It's reminding you to cover your mind. It's reminding you to guard your heart. It's reminding you to have faith. It's reminding you to stand strong in peace. It's reminding you to have the sword of the Spirit sharp and ready to go and to know that your back is left uncovered but somebody's standing with you. Because it takes faith to keep praying, it takes faith to keep standing. And it takes faith to wait for an answer. Romans ten seventeen. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. That's why I repeat scriptures over and over. That's why I read them to you in their entirety. I am speaking the word over you and into you. I'm not here to bedazzle you with teaching or with knowledge, though I know I could. I see people teaching stuff that I was teaching 10 years ago as pablum, as new revelation. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to feed you and to teach you and to prepare you for what's coming and what's happening right now. But most of all, to be useful for your heavenly father. See, your persistence is powered by your faith. Faith in who? Remember, it's not, your faith is not in you, and it's not in your faith. Your faith is in God. Your faith is in your Heavenly Father. Your faith is in the Lord. And we know that fear is the opposite of faith. Now, don't fall for the memes about fear is false evidence appearing real. No, fear is real if you're feeling it. it, it I've learned over 33 years in ministering to people, If they feel it and they believe it, it's real to them. So I'm not going to diminish it or demean them by telling them what they're feeling is not real. I may try to show them that the manifestation of it or the inspiration of it is not what they think it is, but I will never demean them and say it's not real. I will point them to the Word, and I will point them to the Lord. The other thing, realistic thinking is the enemy of faith and prayer. A lot of things I tell you that I pray for or that I do, you may not believe me. Oh, that's not realistic, Richard. I've had people tell me that. Well, that's all great. I'm glad you believe that, but that's not realistic. And I say, I know. I'm not realistic. I'm faith-filled. I'm spirit-filled. I live in this world, but I'm not of this world. I'm of a different kingdom. Jude 1, verses 20 and 21. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. I'm going to ask you to do something. I know it's late if you're listening live or wherever you are. When this is done, I want you to do something. Psalm 141, verse 2. I want you to say this out. Maybe you need to write it down. Let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. There you go. Do it in the evening. The evening uh, watches are 
6 to 9, 9 to 12, 12 to 3. And then 3 to 6 a.m. if you're still up. Raise your hands up to him as an offering. Say, Lord, let my prayer rise up to you as incense. Let it be pleasing to you. See, in Revelation 8, 4, they talk about this prayer incense. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Now, what were these saints praying for? Homes? Cars? Anything worldly? No. And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer, until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren, who would be killed as they were, was completed. If you knew that, if you could see that, you think that would make you pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit? Would you be watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints? Maybe you need to see your brothers and sisters being slaughtered. Maybe you need to see their homes being burned down. Maybe you need to see in dreams and visions your loved one who leave eternity without Yeshua, burning in the flames of fire for all of eternity, flames that were created for Satan and the fallen to torment supernatural beings. Would that make you pray? There was a power shift at the cross. There was a power shift on Calvary, the empty tomb in the upper room. And that power shift was in our favor for the kingdom of God. And Satan knows it. He's not stupid. He's diabolical. He's psychotic. He's pathological. But he's not stupid. He's rather brilliant in his psychosis. So he knew that there was a power shift. He knew he had to do things differently. So what did he do? He interfered with the church. He interfered with the flow of the Spirit. He interfered with the gifts. He took the book of Acts Church out of the homes and put them in dead buildings and essentially killed the free flow of the Spirit. And every now and then the fire breaks through and breaks out and we see some fire and then all of a sudden it gets subjected again. But I believe a fire is coming and now is that cannot be subjected, cannot be held back. And if you will burn, if you will allow him to burn, if you'll be soaked in the oil, and if you'll say, Lord, use me, he'll use you. The prayer goes on. So now, after all these weeks, we're not ignorant of the enemy. We are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Let me leave you with Psalm 57. This is David's prayer. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you. And in the shadow of your wings I will take my refuge until these calamities have passed by. I will cry out to you, God most high, to God who performs all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up, Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. 
My soul is among lions. I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire, whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have dug a pit before me, and to the midst of it they themselves have fallen. Selah. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. Awake, my glory. Awake, lute and harp. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples, for I will sing to you among the nations. For your mercy reaches unto the heavens and your truth unto the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. Father, let these words, let this teaching, let your spirit rain down upon your sons and your daughters. Fill them. Set them aflame. Let them burn long and bright. Let them shine in the darkness. Let them set the captives free. Let them be set free. Be saved, healed, and delivered. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to join with me and stir them up. Bring these words back to them. Give them revelation even beyond what I've shared. Take them into the Word. Make it three-dimensional. Change them. Get their eyes off the world and the things of this world. Break them free of anything that has hindered or interfered with what you desire for them. And I pray, oh Lord, I pray. I pray that you would do these things. I pray that you would change them. And I pray that you would glorify yourself so that we can glorify you in Jesus' name. Yeshua HaMashiach's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grant. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio. 